The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So welcome. Welcome to everybody. It's nice to be here with you all. Today I'm going to continue on this theme of poetry of practice. And today I'm going to use a poem that uh, chances are you've heard it. I think that I've heard it a number of times in Dharma talks, but there's something about this poem, and I would say in all poems that have a, I don't know, the the poems that tend to touch us, share something with the suttas, you know, like the early Buddhist literature. And what they share is this um, depth, or maybe we could say width. That is, even though with, we might read them or hear them again, we find something different. We hear something different. And I know certainly uh, in the suttas, this is true for me. Many of you know that um, Gil and I have like taught uh, suttas for a number of years now. We're not currently teaching, of course, right now. But, uh, and we often are saying this, like, wow, we've taught this uh, already once before, but when we look at it again, we're finding something new. And, and the same thing with poems, that even though they might be similar, that we find something new when we look at them. And not only, not only might they be similar, might they be the exact same poem, but maybe we're not the same. And um, this poem that I will drop in during our guided meditation this morning, something that's very simple. It doesn't have a lot of uh, complicated uh, imagery, but it has some real distinct imagery or doesn't have a lot of complicated concepts, but maybe part of the power is in its simplicity. Part of the power is part of the imagery that's being used that I think all of us can find a part of our lives, find something that uh, is relevant or to this particular poem. And I will give the name of the poem and the name of the poet after I ring the bell, because I would just, you know, allow yourself to just experience it without already having some preconceived ideas of whether you know the poem or not, or what it's about, or sometimes when we're on our computers, there's a temptation to like, oh, just Google it, or, you know, something. But um, just an encouragement just to allow the poem to be received and experienced. And then um, we can explore it together afterwards. Okay. Just... uh, Taking our meditation posture. I find myself doing this long exhale as a part of a way to like shift gears, like to orient towards, oh now, now is a time for meditation. If that's helpful for you, you could take some. Big exhales. Now, as that's happening, allowing the body to adjust in any small or maybe even large ways. 
so that you can feel balanced, upright, alert, and with ease. can be helpful for some people to make a very small movement where they move their chin like back, like back towards, um, backwards, so not up or down, but back. A little maybe slight sense of tucking. This opens up the spine there in our neck. Now allow for a little more balance of the head over the shoulders. Doing a light body scan, checking in with the face. Humans are expressive, of course we are, and our face is often a place where we can hold tension around the eyes or the jaw or mouth. Resting awareness on those areas with an invitation to soften Relax, open. Resting attention on the shoulders. Letting them also have some ease. The shoulder blades sliding down the back. chest, the belly, and feeling the pressure against the body, the chair, the cushion, couch, bed, whatever it is that we're sitting on, literally or figuratively. Upper legs, lower legs, feet, Arms, just resting our attention. Nothing needs to be done, so to speak. We're just moving the awareness 
scanning the body, tuning into the sensations in the hands, or the hands touching. Is it smooth or rough? Is it warm or cool? And tuning into the experience of having hands, the vibrancy, this embodiment of hands. There might be a tingling, sense of vitality, sense of energy. And expanding that attention into the vibrant experience of being embodied. Expanding that to the whole body in a relaxed, easy way. Maybe there's a way in which, in a sense, this embodiment just gets as big as it would like. This sense of aliveness. We're here now experiencing this. And then resting attention on the sensations of breathing, the movement of the body as it breathes. Can we do this being present with the experience of breathing with a sense of warmth and care? We're not trying to force ourselves. We're not beating ourselves up. 
And we find the mind is squirrely. Maybe some more like curiosity or like petting a cat. Of course, petting a dog too. And when the mind wanders, we just very simply, gently begin again. Making a story, chastising ourselves. That's extra. It's not needed. Just allow that to be in the background. Tuning into the experience of inhales and exhales. The embodied experience. Not about thinking or concepts, but a different type of knowing.
I'm going to drop in a poem. Just allow this poem to be received. One thing that needs to happen that you need to do with this poem. Let the words wash over you. The poem goes like this. Chapter one. I walk down the street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I fall in. I'm lost. I'm helpless. It isn't my fault. It takes me forever to find a way out. Chapter two. I walk down the same street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I pretend I don't see it. I fall in again. I can't believe I'm in the same place, but it isn't my fault. It still takes a long time to get out. Chapter three. I walk down the same street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I see it is there. I still fall in. It's a habit. My eyes are open. I know where I am. It is my fault. I get out immediately. Chapter four. I walk down the same street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I walk around it. Chapter five. I walk down another street. I'll read the poem again. Chapter one. I walk down the street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I fall in. I'm lost. I'm helpless. It isn't my fault. It takes me forever to find a way out. Chapter two, I walk down the same street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I pretend I don't see it. I fall in again. I can't believe I'm in the same place, but it isn't my fault. It still takes a long time to get out. 
chapter three. I walk down the same street. There is a deep hole in the sidewalk. I see it is there. I still fall in. It's a habit. My eyes are open. I know where I am. It is my fault. I get out immediately. Chapter four. I walk down the same street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I walk around it. Chapter five. I walk down another street. Chapter 5. I walk down another street.
to this poem is by Portia Nelson. It's called Autobiography in Five Short Chapters. Again, that's Portia Nelson, Autobiography in Five Short Chapters. I think I just love this uh, title. It's pretty, you know, descriptive. I'm just going to stop the recording and then do a new one here. <laughs> 